Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this second Monday after Epiphany, the 15th of January, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Christmas. There are no feasts, festivals, or commemorations on the calendar today. Our readings for today are Psalm 29, Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 15 through 28, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 23, and paragraphs 49 through 58 of part 3 of the Large Catechism. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's reading from the Psalter is the 29th Psalm. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf, and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth, and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry, Glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Ezekiel, and we will be reading the 37th chapter, verses 15 through 28. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, Take a stick and write on it, for Judah and the people of Israel associated with him. Then take another stick and write on it, for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and all the house of Israel associated with him. And join them one to another into one stick, that they may become one in your hand. And when your people say to you, Will you not tell us what you mean by these? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am about to take the stick of Joseph, that is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel associated with him, and I will join with it the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, that they may be one in my hand. When the sticks on which you write are in your hand before their eyes, then say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will take the people of Israel from the nations among which they have gone, and will gather them from all around, and bring them to their own land, and I will make them one nation in the land, on the mountains of Israel and one king shall be king over them all, and they shall be no longer two nations, and no longer divided into two kingdoms. They shall not defile themselves any more with their idols and their detestable things, or with any of their transgressions. But I will save them from all the backslidings in which they have sinned, and will cleanse them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. My servant David shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd. They shall walk in my rules, and be careful to obey my statutes. They shall dwell in the land that I gave to my servant Jacob, 
where your fathers lived. They and their children and their children's children shall dwell there forever. And David my servant shall be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will set them in their land and multiply them. And I will set my sanctuary in their midst forevermore. My dwelling place shall be with them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel, when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Romans, and we will be reading the sixth chapter, verses 1 through 23. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms, because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Large Catechism, and we will be reading Part 3, paragraphs 49 through 58. The Second Petition Thy Kingdom Come In the first petition we prayed about God's honor and name. We prayed that he would prevent the world from adorning its lies and wickedness with God's name, but that he would cause his name to be valued as great and holy, both in doctrine and life, so that he may be praised and magnified in us. Here we pray that his kingdom also may come. But just as God's name is holy in itself, and we still pray that it be holy among us, so also his kingdom comes of itself, without our prayer. Yet we still pray that it may come to us, that is, triumph among us and with us, so that we may be part of those people among whom his name is hallowed and his kingdom prospers. But what is God's kingdom? Answer, nothing other than what we learned in the creed. God sent his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, into the world to redeem and deliver us from the devil's power. He sent him to bring us to himself, and to govern us as a king of righteousness, life, and salvation, against sin, death, and an evil conscience. For this reason, he has also given his Holy Spirit, who is to bring these things home to us by his holy word, and to illumine and strengthen us in the faith by his power. We pray here in the first place that this may happen with us. We pray that his name may be so praised through God's holy word and a Christian life, that we who have accepted it may abide and daily grow in it, and that it may gain approval and acceptance among other people. We pray that it may go forth with power throughout the world. We pray that many may find entrance into the kingdom of grace, be made partakers of redemption, and be led to it by the Holy Spirit, so that we may all together remain forever in the one kingdom now begun. For the coming of God's kingdom to us happens in two ways. A. Here in time through the word and faith, and B. In eternity forever through revelation. Now we pray for both these things. We pray that the kingdom may come to those who are not yet in it, and by daily growth that it may come to us who have received it, both now and hereafter in eternal life. All this is nothing other than saying, Dear Father, we pray, Give us first your word, so that the gospel may be preached properly throughout the world. Second, may the gospel be received in faith and work and live in us, so that through the word and the Holy Spirit's power, your kingdom may triumph among us. And we pray that the devil's kingdom be put down, so that he may have no right or power over us, until at last his power may be utterly destroyed. So sin, death, and hell shall be exterminated. Then we may live forever, in perfect righteousness and blessedness. From this you see that we do not pray here for a crust of bread or a temporal perishable good. Instead, we pray for an eternal, inestimable treasure and everything that God himself possesses. This is far too great for any human heart to think about desiring, if God had not himself commanded us to pray for the same. But because he is God, he also claims the honor of giving much more and more abundantly than anyone can understand. He is like an eternal, unfailing fountain. The more it pours forth and overflows, the more it continues to give. God desires nothing more seriously from us than that we ask him for much and great things. In fact, he is angry if we do not ask and pray confidently. It is like a time when the richest and most mighty emperor would tell a poor beggar to ask whatever he might desire. The emperor was ready to give great royal presents, but the fool would only beg for a dish of gruel. That man would rightly be considered a rogue and a scoundrel, 
who treated the command of his imperial majesty like a joke and a game and was not worthy of coming into his presence. In the same way, it is a great shame and dishonor to God if we, to whom he offers and pledges so many inexpressible treasures, despise the treasures, or do not have the confidence to receive them, but hardly dare to pray for a piece of bread. All this is the fault of shameful unbelief, that does not even look to God for enough decent food to satisfy the stomach. How much less does such unbelief expect to receive eternal treasures from God without doubt? Therefore, we must strengthen ourselves against such doubt, and let this be our first prayer. Then indeed we shall have everything else in abundance, as Christ teaches, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. For how could he allow us to suffer lack, and to be desperate for temporal things, when he promises to give us what is eternal and never perishes? This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud if you are somewhere it would be reasonable to do so, but praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whatever calling has been given you, or task set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.